I want to quickly introduce a, a, a person who's become a friend of mine. Uh, Guillermo Aguilar is here this morning with his wife, Myra, and uh, they work for Word of Life Ministries, which is actually a really large organization. You can go to their website and see that they're in, is it 70 different countries? Uh, but it's actually headquartered in New York, where both of their daughters are either in school or working. Uh, but they're visiting with us today, and um, they specialize in, in youth sports camps and also discipleship programs for youth and helping local churches. Uh, they just happen to be uh, in the Cedrigalan community, which is where Pastor Aragon, um, Frank Page's mission partner, we go pretty much every, every February, uh, they're just literally across the highway with this incredible sports complex and are doing some great things in the community. Uh, and they've recently expanded. Guillermo has accepted a new position, so he's not just the Nicaragua person, but also over Costa Rica and Panama, I believe. So I would like to welcome Guillermo to come up and just share a little bit of a, an update with you all. Their ministry was one of the many recipients of your generosity through the Above and Beyond campaign last year. So join me in welcoming Guillermo. Well, thank you. Thank you, Brother Blake, and um, thank you all for this opportunity. And there are many things I could uh, talk about the uh, Word of Life in Nicaragua, uh, the youth discipleship ministry that God uh, is allowing us to develop uh, in that country for 12 years now. Um, before that, my wife and I and my whole family were uh, missionaries with Word of Life in Costa Rica for 15 years. That's where we're originally from. But God, God called us to Nicaragua, and for 12 years He has allowed us to uh, uh, do many different things in, in the discipleship and evangelistic ministry, uh, specific, uh, specifically uh, reaching out the youth in Nicaragua. Um, but uh, I, ju I just want to take this couple of minutes just to thank you for the above and beyond uh, gift that you uh, gave for, for our ministry. And um, God gave us this beautiful complex about a year and a half ago. And um, when we got it, one was a, I was very excited about the baseball field because I, I love baseball. You know, Costa Rica is all about soccer, but I grew up in a neighborhood where there was a baseball field nearby. So I played baseball growing up. So I was uh, very excited about the baseball field. It's, it's the nicest place in the whole uh, complex. Uh, but when we bought it, it was all full of just piles of dirt all over the place. And the, the reason was they were working on leveling the field. It was not really leveled. So when we got it, we finished doing that. But we weren't uh, aware of what was going to happen. When the rainy season came, uh, when the really strong uh, rains came down, the retention wall that the, the baseball field had all the way from center field to right field it, it wasn't enough, it wasn't strong enough. So it gave way and all the water from the baseball fields started going into some homes on the other side of right field. So that wasn't good. And that all happened while I was here in the States last year. So well, we were able to fix that temporarily, but when the rains were gonna come again this year, that was something we really needed to fix. So we were praying about that and working on that, and that's when uh, Brother Blake told me about the Above and Beyond gift that was approved to help us fix that. So I don't know if the picture is going to be shown, but uh, that's uh, when we were actually working on that. That's kind of right field, and on the other side, you see the retention wall already built back, and we're uh, building a ditch uh, so we can uh, install a new drainage system, which right now it's already finished. And uh, even this morning, I was showing, uh, showing Brother Blake uh, the pictures of the top being, I don't know if we can go forward. This, this big uh, drainage chamber is basically the key for all that to work. And this morning, um, they sent me pictures that the concrete top is already 
put there. So we're almost at the, the finishing stages of that. Uh, you wouldn't believe the amount of rain that pours down in that area and all the water is going to that drainage chamber and it already, uh, we already had the first uh, big rains of this year and it worked, so we're excited. The people in the homes are, are excited because they're safe now. Uh, but the, the, the real exciting thing about this is, I don't know if you're aware of the political unrest that happened in Nicaragua last year. So all of last year, we didn't have, didn't have any mission teams coming. This year, we haven't had any mission teams coming, but the very first mission team that is coming back to Nicaragua this year in the month of July is a baseball team. So um, we're gonna use the baseball field for the first time uh, we go back to Nicaragua on the 10th of July, the week after that they arrive, and we have clinics and games for one week every day. We're going to have thousands of kids coming to our baseball field and playing baseball and learning how to play baseball better, but most of all they're going to be coming to listen to the gospel of Jesus Christ on that field. So we're very excited that we're going to be able to use it. We're going to be, if it rains, we're going to laugh at it. <laughs> We, could, we couldn't do that last year, and this is because God used you to help us with this project. So thank you so much for allowing us to do this. God bless you. Sally is under the weather, so I'm going to read the scripture myself. And wouldn't God have it uh, this way for me to read? What, when I was younger, was perhaps the most frustrating piece of Scripture I ever uh, had scratching at my brain, trying to understand, and it took some helpful books and reading and, and teaching to understand. We're talking about uh, Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 38, and a familiar passage, and again, one that might have bothered you at some point. Let me read it. You have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. How many of y'all at some point in your life had a problem with this verse of Jesus? This would say, okay, that's, I, I find comfort in that. Offer the other cheek also. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. He moves on talking about loving our enemies. You have heard that the law says love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven, who is love himself, right? For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that, but you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This whole thing of turning the other cheek and being perfect, what's going on here? Well, let's launch right into this. I know we've explored this before, but 
This warrants our exploring it again after a few years. I want to look right into a biblical history of retaliation because it's rather easy to tease out the evolution of this. First of all, pre-Moses, before Moses came along with a Mosaic law, you had the principle of unlimited retaliation. If someone poked out one of your eyes, you poke out both of his or hers if you could get to them. Somebody knocks out one of your teeth, knock out all of them if you can. Unbridled aggression, unbridled revenge. That was the way it was. It was primitive, it was rough, and it was the way it was. But then Moses comes along, and it's the principle of limited retaliation. I could say the law of limited retaliation. More than once, Moses teaches this in the law. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Punishment fitting the crime, tit for tat. Exodus, Leviticus, even in Deuteronomy, it talks about an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Now, Jesus begins with that in our passage. You've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. He's quoting these passages from the Old Testament, but he's going to give a new spin on it, is he not? I think it was Charlie Daniels had a song called Simple Man, and he says the good book says an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And he was saying punishment fit the crime, and all that, but he, he forgot the New Testament. But anyway, uh, you got Jesus saying, you've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, but I say to you. But we'll go back to that in just a moment. You get to the first century of Jesus. And this is what Jesus is addressing just a little bit later in the passage we read. It moved from unlimited retaliation to limited retaliation to what we could call limited love. What was going on among the Israelites then was, if someone is your neighbor, if someone is like you, of your ilk, of your persuasion, of your belief system, of your ethnicity, and they do you wrong in some way, forgive them. But if it's your enemy, give them the works. <laughs> so in a way, it got a little bit more refined, at least toward neighbors. If they do you wrong, if they knock out one of your teeth, just forgive them. But if it's one of your enemies, Jesus says what? You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor hate your enemy. And that was the law by which they, they went with retaliation in the first century. Someone does you wrong who's your neighbor, forgive them. Someone does you wrong whom you would deem unlike you, your enemy, your opponent, give them the works. Jesus comes along and messes up the whole thing. <laughs> Probably didn't even need to put this up there. It went from unlimited retaliation to limited retaliation to limited love, Jesus comes along and says, but I say to you, what? Love everyone. Unlimited love. Be full in your love. And that's why Jesus says, be perfect, by the way. If you go to Matthew 5, 48, I think we've got that verse up there. Yeah. He says, but you are to be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. The, the Greek word there is teleoi. It really means to be complete or as F.F. F. Bruce said, said all-encompassing. If you yank that verse out of context, it looks like you've got to be perfect. Do we have the capacity to be perfect? Come on. No way. What has Jesus just been talking about? Loving all people. You must be complete in your love, all-encompassing in your love. Put it down. Perfect in your love toward all people, even your enemies. That's what he's saying there. And part of this involves, to back up earlier in our passage, it involves restraining our desire to lash out at someone. 
in some way. Especially someone who is baiting us into some type of altercation or at least a negative comment or attitude. You know, sometimes we want to lash out at someone, whether it be verbally or even just mentally in our minds. Maybe even psychologically or financially, we want in some way to lash out at somebody. Some people even do it through passive-aggressive behavior. Jesus says, no, that's not the way. You've got to deal with your anger. In fact, earlier on, what was one of the first uh, Beatitudes? Blessed are the meek. We've talked about that. Does that mean blessed if you are wimpish? No, not at all. What does the word there for meek mean? It means restrained aggression. As someone has said, meekness means power under restraint. It's not letting your anger get the best of you and acting on it in a way that does not reflect the loving God whom you and I claim to serve and reflect as we are created in His image. Now let me say quickly, nowhere does the Bible condemn (laughs) self-defense. Nowhere does the Bible condemn standing up for someone who is vulnerable and innocent and is being taken advantage of, assaulted in some way. Nowhere does the Bible condemn that at all. But what Jesus does condemn is our letting ourselves be baited by someone else into some type of hatred relationship, maybe even some overt altercation. We're in this society these days, y'all, where we are so reactive in so many ways. And Jesus says, that's not my way. Look, look, look at the key verses here, uh, 5, 38, and 39. You've heard that the law says the punishment must, must match the injury. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek. Also, I used to struggle with that until I came to understand what Jesus was talking about because Jesus is not talking about allowing yourself to be bullied. He's talking about not allowing yourself to be baited. Now, now let's just get real specific on it. I usually don't... I know I've done this even here before a few years ago, and I thought, well, I'm just going to talk through it. But Cooper, where are you? Could you help me real quick? One of you, Cooper, Owen, which one of you? Either one. Owen, get up here. Can you get up here, Owen? Owen, you're the more extrovert. Come on, get up. Give it up for Owen. Come on, come on. He he wasn't expecting this. I've never seen your eyes so large. That was was worth it. Okay, so you and I are kind of squaring off like we're going to get in a fight, right? Okay, here we go. Now, let's say that... Do you see that? Okay. Okay. Now let's say, uh, let's say that we're about to get in a fight, and you, you we're going to do this slow motion, right, and low impact. Okay. Low impact. Okay. Uh, now I want you to take your right, lead with your right, and, and I want you to just act like you're hitting me in the nose. Okay. Go ahead. Slow, mo- slow motion. Oh. Oh. Okay. Well done. Okay. Now, if Owen did that, you know, you're done. Uh, I, actually, I still need you for one thing. If Owen did that, let's say he even broke my nose and he hit me with a closed fist and he was brought before the Sanhedrin, uh, who was kind of the Jewish high court, as you know, and he was found guilty of doing that, he would have to pay me 100 sous. It's, it's a, a level of currency back then. A Z-U-Z is how you pronounce it. So again, if you did this, let's do that slow motion, same thing again. Okay, boom. You're found guilty, you pay me 100 sous. Now, But I want you to see what Jesus says. I say, do not resist an evil person, but if someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other cheek also. There's a modifying word there. What is it? There's there's an adjective. Someone slaps you on the, not just cheek, what? Right cheek. Okay. Where is my right cheek? My right cheek, which would be this one, right? 
Now, how are you going to do that? Because back then, you wanted to be right-handed even if you were left-handed. How many people are left-handed? Come on, I know. You. Yeah, cursed people. Okay. But you, try, you tried to hide it even back then, right? So let's say you're leading with your right again. Let's say you want to slug me there. Do, do close fist, but you're going to hit me over here. How would you do that? Yeah, it's kind of like, wait, wait a minute, what? What's Jesus talking about here? What if you didn't do it with a closed fist, but let's say you, you, you ever seen something? Oh, here you go, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> Give it up for Owen. <laughs> I loved how the, the mic added to that. Now, the thing is, let's say Owen is found guilty of doing that, just a tap like that, not a closed fist breaking of my nose, which would result in 100 Zeus. If he did just that and it was a tap like this, he would have to pay me 400 Zeus. It was four times worse to do that to somebody, whether it was a hard slap or just a tap. Why? What did that signify? Can somebody help me with that maybe? Insult, that's the word. Insult, ridicule, you're demeaning the person. In other words, what is that person trying to do? They're trying to do what? Bait you into something. They're trying to bait you into an altercation. Jesus says, no, turn the other cheek. If you can, if possible, walk away. Don't lower yourself. Don't, don't lower yourself to be baited to the point where they want you to be baited. You've got to rise above that bait. That's what Jesus is talking about. Again, he's not condemning self-defense. He's not condemning standing up for someone who is innocent and vulnerable and being harmed. But for you, you've got, to re- you've got to respond in love, in unconditional love the way Jesus would. Not allowing yourself to be baited. And as I said, there's way too much baiting going on these days. People just want to react, whether it's in traffic or on social media. You overhear someone you disagree with. You know, somebody posts something that makes you mad. I remember, you know, we're going to celebrate Freedom Sunday uh, next week with one of Blake's uh, mentors who's been a military chaplain. And we had a marvelous fellow last year. I don't know if you remember, Gerald Hutchinson, who's a military chaplain for the Marines and for the Navy. And his sermon title was Bone Duty, and it was outstanding. I remember him talking about how all of us, he said it's almost as if all of us have lost the capacity just to sit down and listen to one another converse with one another we want to just very quickly react and even if someone is baiting us into something can we not just walk away or step back and just count count a few things in fact i don't know if gil franks is here gil has that marvelous ministry called lifelink and i remember him telling us about that we heard from one of the folks who've been blessed by that with inmates who are soon to be released and one of the big things gil teaches them gil are you here there you are. When they are being baited into something, what do you tell them to do? Count to six. Count to six. Just step back and count to six. And you don't know how much that has helped some folks who want to just react and lash back out. They, they just count to six. And Gil, I think I recall you even saying that some of them have felt like, boy, if only I'd have counted, counted to six before I perpetrated this act, I wouldn't have even gone to prison. Count to six. Ever wish you'd have done that? (laughs) Has there ever been a time where you overreacted 
and didn't turn the other cheek and, and, and acted in a way that you got baited into something and you so, so regretted it, whether it was something you said, something you did to someone financially or at the job or whatever it might be, and you just regretted it. Jesus is telling us not to be lowered to the level of those who want you to react in the wrong way. We've got to react with love because that love points people to Jesus. I was really struck when I saw the movie 42 uh, with, with uh, the guy playing Jackie Robinson and Harrison Ford was playing Branch Rickey and he, they were both believers in Jesus and Branch Rickey even mentions our Savior, I think, in this little video clip. But he's encouraging Jackie Robinson to say no matter what they do, no matter what they scream at you when you're out there on the ball field, if they spit at you, if they spike you with their cleats, if they do whatever, will you be able to respond in a way just like our Savior did. I think we've got this on video. Ground. We win with hitting, running, field, only that. We win if the world is convinced of two things, that you are a fine gentleman and a great baseball player. Like our Savior, you've got to have the guts to turn the other cheek. give me a number, you give me a uniform, I've got the guts, I will turn the other cheek. Can't help but think of Jesus having the guts to turn the other cheek. You know, some of us, as you know, went to Israel the other week, and it was just an amazing time. I want to show you just a couple pictures as we close here. Uh, it, this is a picture of the Church of All Nations, where we were, and that's the front of it, and it's just, it's stunningly beautiful. But if you turn around, this is what you see. And I want to thank John Watson and Dale Lloyd for these pictures. You're looking out, and this is where an old gate was around the wall, around Jerusalem. And if you could look to the left just a little bit further and look way off into the distance, and I don't have a picture of it, but if you could look way off, you, you would see where Caiaphas's palace was. And you can see from right there where you could have seen people coming out of Caiaphas's house. Where you're looking at right here is Mount of Olives. In fact, more specifically, the Garden of Gethsemane. Go to the next one there. It, Jesus was somewhere around here and could see off of the slide just a little bit. There's no doubt. He could see from there these guys who were coming to arrest him. He has, a, and as Jeff Leonard told us, he sees them coming. And he had at least 10 minutes to bolt. You remember, he was tempted to get out of this thing, you know, take this cup away from me. Here they are, and, and you know, Scripture even says he knew that they were coming. He knew that they were coming. He could see them as they were coming along. He had the time to go away and just walk away, but no, he chose not to do that. <laughs> he turned the other cheek to the world for you and me knew that it was coming. 
He knew it was on the way. Now, you're going to be on the way in just a minute to come up here and partake of the Lord's Supper. But as you're coming forward, I want you to think of someone who's been baiting you, whether intentionally and overtly, or maybe they don't even realize that they are baiting your patience. They're baiting you as far as wanting to strike back in some way, baiting you that you might just outright hate them. And they don't even know it. And that's the sad thing is they are controlling you more than they need to at all because they're not even aware, perhaps. But if there was one person, because folks, this is what Jesus said. Remember, he said earlier on in the Sermon on the Mount, if you come to offer yourself at the altar or give an offering, but you know you have something against someone, leave it there and make peace and then come back. So as we're doing this this time, what I want you to do is think about that one person right now who is trying your patience, who is baiting you into a bad attitude, a poor disposition toward them or something else, somebody who might have wronged you, said the wrong thing, somebody who just gets on your nerves, somebody whom you want to enjoy disliking or even hating, and Jesus says, you got to love them. you got to be complete in your love. Can you do that and challenge yourself to do that as you come forward? Because we're going to be coming forward and remembering how Jesus turned the other cheek to the world and took that blow for you and me by the shedding of his blood, the breaking of his body. Let's pray for just a moment before we enter into the Lord's Supper. Lord, there's somebody on our mind, somebody comes to the surface, and it's someone with whom we need to be more patient, more forgiving, more loving, and it's just not easy. It grates on us to even consider needing to do that, but we need to surrender this over to your love as you surrendered your own body and your own blood on our behalf. And by that act of love, oh God, help us to reflect that complete and perfect love, even toward that person in question. We are so tempted just to hold the grudge or to lash out in some way. But Lord, you want us to love even the ones we would call our enemies, our adversaries, our antagonists. So as we come to receive this beautiful offering of your broken body and your blood that is shed, help us, O oh God, to shed the feelings we have, the ill will that we have. Help us to shed that which is baiting us to go where we don't need to go. Help us to shed that and clothe ourselves in your love, your grace, yes, even toward that person. Easier said than done, but help us to do this now as we remember how you did just that for us at Calvary. We pray these things in your name. Amen.